1: Welcome in to the Blitz podcast. As always, I'm your host Mr. Kane Schwartz and I'm joined by Mr. Jaden Kozak. How you doing, bro?
2: I don't even want to do the weather bit anymore. After screwed the mic up, I don't even want to do the weather bit anymore. Fucking
1: I'm wow. doing
2: awful. I'm awful right now.
1: You're not even going to you're not even going to get a little Fine, we're going to
2: the... get Easter. <laughs> you should have had the weather report, Kane. You should have known.
1: I know. I should have known. Any anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, we've been talking about this shiny new microphone that Jaden got, and it's it went on the fritz before we got on the podcast. So he's a little he's a little cranky, but we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Tyler, I'm also joined by Mister Tyler North today. How you doing, bro?
0: Doing well. Yeah. We uh, speaking of weather, it's been uh, raining here in Kansas City for it seems like the last 48 hours. Uh, so everything that we've had, you're going to be getting back east uh, here relatively soon So um, other than that, yeah, just tuned into that incredible Thursday night game That I know we're going to hop into here relatively soon um, Glad it lived up to the hype uh, Hell yeah Fortunately, Unfortunately, as a Vikings fan, you know, the outcome is what it is But um, it, was, it was a great game, nonetheless Great, great football game, great Thursday night game, uh, finally um, So yeah, it's, that's, you know, I guess how life is right now <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the truth. But you you got that right when you said, like, living up to the hype, because this was this was such a big game, like just a week ago. But then no Devontae Adams, no Alan Lazard, no Marquez Valdez, Scantling. And I was like, this is this kind of sucks. And then there was rumors floating around that D hop wasn't going to play. And I was like, what? But it ended up being a hell of a game in case you didn't watch it. So let's dive into it the packers beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals in this one 24 to 21 in a late game thriller. Uh Packers are now sitting at 7 and 1 and the Cardinals with their first loss of the year also sitting at 7 and 1. It's so crazy how one game can switch like now we're putting the Packers and the Cardinals in the same like section. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of it's kind of wild looking at it, but Let's dive into some of the initial takeaways from this game. And I'll just start off by, I mean, the madness that happened at the end. And that was A.J. Green just blowing the entire game at the end there. So for those of you who didn't watch, it was a crazy last two minutes to the game, like last two, 2.30 of the game. Um, It started with Packers are right up against the goal line. And Aaron Jones rushes it in for what everyone in America thought was a touchdown. And he starts celebrating. He starts doing some swimming in the end zone. And basically that's game over at that point. Cardinals are down by nine. Extra point puts the Cardinals back or the puts the Cardinals down by 10. And that basically ices the game, but they looked on it. They looked at it on the review and they called it back. They called the Aaron Jones touchdown back. So they're still sitting at the one not a huge deal. And it's third down, but then they get hit with a delay of game call because I don't even know who that cat was that number 81, the tight end. I heard they it, heard him say that he was out of Cincinnati or something, but yet like he just absolutely fumbled the bag. He couldn't get lined up in time. He was looking at his other receivers to try to figure out what to do. And they get the delay of game call, put some back. And then on fourth down, Aaron Rodgers, or on repeat third down, Aaron Rodgers tries to take it in himself, even goes head first, and he gets down to like the one-yard line, the two-yard line. And then he throws a pass on fourth down, but the pass gets tipped. So the Cardinals take it over at their own one-yard line. And after a couple of scary things that happen close to the goal line, Kyler marches it all the way down to the field. They get into field goal range, and then eventually they get right up pretty much on the goal line and once they're there there's like 14 seconds left at this point so you're looking for like one or two try to get the touchdown plays here and he tosses it to AJ Green on the right side and AJ Green doesn't even turn around for the football and I think a lot of credit has to be given to the cornerback I don't even know what his name is because we're running out of Green Bay cornerbacks at this point but what was his name? Russell Douglas got you but that man saved the Packers right there he gave no indication to AJ Green that the ball was coming which was brilliant and then he just reaches out gets the interception in the end zone and that ends a game so what a finish to that game super exciting um I just want to say dive into some of the other takeaways Aaron Rodgers man what a dude He just finds a way to win this game without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard, and without Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And Rodgers didn't put up a crazy stat line here, 22 for 37, 184 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't have any passes over 33 yards. Um, The 33-yard one was Robert Tunyon's yards after the catch. But he just found a way to win this game. I mean, seven different Packers caught a pass tonight. And with that win, Aaron Rodgers is 7-0 and without Devontae Adams. So never, ever count this man out. And I don't know why I did. I'm sad that I did.
2: But what do you guys think of Aaron Rodgers tonight? Um, it's kind of what you come to expect from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he is that guy. He's done it without Devontae Adams being the best receiver in football before. So I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I picked the Packers because I picked the Cardinals. But, I mean – obviously not gonna, you know, act totally surprised because it is Aaron Rodgers and this is still a good Packers team, even with all the injuries and missing players that they have right now. Yeah, for sure. Tyler.
0: Yeah. Um, I think now the Packers with uh, without Devontae Adams are like seven and zero, or yeah, seven and oh now. Um, so Rodgers knows what he has to do, you know, when, when he doesn't have his, his best playmaker, and honestly one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league, um, he knows what to do. And I think I read something also that this is uh, the first time since 1934 that the Packers have beaten a team that was seven and oh um so it's huge accomplishment for them and you're right you know now we have to look at the Packers in that upper echelon and I think we did and it's so crazy to look back at week one when they got absolutely blown out by the Saints and everybody was like oh man maybe the Packers have legitimate problems this defense doesn't look good I don't really know how good they're going to be and you know did they possibly get a little fortunate at the end with AJ green, not looking at the ball. Sure. But the Packers were in control of this game the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was never a point in this game until at the very end that you were like, wow, the Packers aren't going to win this game. Uh, so hats off to them. Hats off to Rogers. He did what he had to do. And really, truly hats off to that defense. I mean, they didn't even have their defensive coordinator tonight. They didn't have their three top pass catchers tonight. They lost Robert Tunyon um, and, you know, it was on, the, the Aaron's tonight, Aaron Jones, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, and they were able to perform and, and pull out the win. So now you're looking at the Packers, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Bucks. all have better records than every single team in the AFC. Those are your top four teams in football and they're all in the same conference. And when we start to look ahead toward, you know, January and, and the playoffs and all, man, you got to start salivating at some of these, matchups that are going to be i was talking with with my buddy uh my buddy john Vitas about this and just salivating at the thought of these divisional matchups because there's only one team that gets a buy and you're going to be looking at you know possibly some wild card teams but for the most part these divisional winners are going to be juggernauts in the nfc and it's going to be an absolute blast to watch but uh, for the time being uh yeah I, I think it's definitely up for debate now who's the best team in football and uh i think the packers are right there yeah
1: for sure, sitting at the same record as the Cardinals now. And a lot of other teams are looking at the same possibility coming into Sunday. Um, but Kyler, man, I just want to talk about Kyler real quick. This Green Bay defense, I get like, I give them a ton of credit. They absolutely shut down Kyler Murray in the first half. They didn't throw a touchdown pass in this one. And he, I think he had just a little bit over 100 yards in the first half. But in the second half, he turns it on, especially on that almost game-winning drive that he had. But he finishes 22 for 33, 274 yards, and two interceptions. So, Jaden, I'll start with you. Where are you putting Kyler in the MVP conversation now? Because he was pretty clearly the number one since the Cardinals were undefeated, but he has a bad game in this one, and they take the L. Uh,
2: I have said multiple times that how deep we are with the MVP candidates this year you can't take a week off and feel I don't not feel bad but it feels wrong to like drop him off the list after him being at least the consensus number two if not the consensus number one for the majority of the season But like I said, you can't take a week off. I kind of want to see, you know, how everybody else plays through week eight because you had a couple legit candidates on buys last week with Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and then you'll get Lamar Jackson on a buy this week. But, yeah, I want to see how the rest of week eight plays out, but I can pretty much say with confidence he will not be number one anymore. Yeah,
1: for sure, for sure. Me and you were talking a little bit before the pod, I mean – Brady,
0: possibly number one right now. Stafford, number one. Tyler, what do you think? Um... I mean, I, I know Lamar lost last week, but I still think Lamar's in that category. Uh, I know Derrick Henry didn't have 100 yards last week, but I still think Derrick Henry's in that category. Um, and I mean, Rodgers doesn't have the stats, but like, how can you discount what he's doing as far as just winning games? Very true. Uh, you, you can't take it away from him. So um, I think that it is, like you said, quarterback heavy. Herbert's there as well. He had one bad game against the Ravens. You know, we keep talking about that one bad week and, and that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, So I think there's, you know, six, seven, maybe eight possible candidates for the MVP award. Um, And yeah, it's going to, these next couple of weeks are going to be crucial for that award. I mean, obviously they're going to be crucial for these teams, but for this award in particular, uh, it's really gonna. I think there's going to be about three or four of these guys that are going to separate themselves from the other six or seven.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good stuff. All right. Well that does it for that hell of a Thursday night football matchup, but We've got an exciting week eight ahead of us that we're going to dive into right now. But before we dive into week eight's action ahead of us, Tyler, I want to throw it to you real quick, man, for your north and south segment of the week. So take it away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So this week, uh, funny enough, two teams that I have uh, as Going north as far as teams that are trending in the upward direction are going to be playing each other similar to last week I had Ravens and Bengals. I've got Colts and Titans um, in this category for this week. Uh, Colts have won three of their last four. The only loss being that dramatic overtime loss to the Ravens on Monday night. Uh, Carson Wentz has looked phenomenal. I'll get into some of his statistics when we break down this game later on. Um, but he's kind of had a resurgence here over the last three or four weeks as well. And uh, with the Titans, I mean, took down the bills on Monday night and then beat the Chiefs pretty soundly um, the, the the this past week as well. I mean, and pretty soundly is an understatement. They absolutely destroyed them. So uh, this is a, a big test for both of these teams because are the only two teams that are really competing for this division title in the AFC South. And uh, it, it, there's going to be some separation that is created after this game. Uh, I, I believe the Titans beat the Colts in the first game of the year between these two teams. Uh, so if they win this game, not only will they have a, an edge as far as win losses, but uh, they're going to have the, the tiebreaker when it comes down to it as well. Um, the team that I have one team that I have heading south right now is the Bears. I have no idea what's going on with this team in Chicago. Um, I, I know that they have three wins. I don't even really know. It's it's crazy to think about because this is a team that's beaten the Bengals and beaten the Raiders like two of the top teams in the AFC see right now uh, but they've looked so bad over the past couple of weeks Justin Fields Matt Nagy that relationship is completely fractured I don't know if it is um, repairable uh, and, and I've got a lot of question marks right now with what's going on um, in Chicago uh, and the other team that I have I, I think I might have said them last week but I'm still just not on this team's bandwagon and that's San Fran San Fran is just not yeah. good Um, Garoppolo I don't like um, the defense does not look as good as it's looked in years past, which they've really relied on. and once again, playing in that NFC West with the Rams and the, uh, and the Cardinals and, you know, Seahawks, once they get Russ back, they've got no shot in that division. And I don't think they've got any shot. Uh, they could be looking at, you know, top five, top 10 week, uh, top 10 pick. Um, another team that I do want to throw out as far as heading South is the Eagles. Uh, I think they're on upset alert this week against the lions. Um, mm. I know a couple of us picked them with our picks this week uh, and, and, From what I saw last week against the Raiders, this team does not look good. And Nick Sirianni, I looks like he's in over his head. Um, They had a very, very bad loss against the Raiders. And like I said, this is a tricky game for them because, you know, that Lions game against the uh, against the Rams last week, they come out, they score a touchdown. They get an onside kick. They get a fake punt. I mean, Dan Campbell is just throwing it all out there. You know, kudos to him. He's got the cojones. He's got the balls to go out there and try and get the win and try and get up early on on a juggernaut like the Rams. And, you know, they were in that game until the end. So I think the Lions uh, can beat the Eagles. So, yeah, just to recap, teams that are heading north, Colts and Titans and then teams that are heading south. uh, I've got Chicago and San Fran and flirting with the Eagles right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, you're totally right. I mean, Carson Wentz, we talked about it on the last two podcasts, starting to look a little bit like his MVP self now, which is awesome. He's not making the big mistakes. Uh, and then with the Eagles, man, they if they were going to win a game for a statement, it was going to be against the Raiders and they couldn't get it done at all. And then Sirianni comes out of at practice this week and is like something about plants growing underground and the roots. I, I don't even know. It was like some elaborate explanation just to explain why they suck.
0: I it's, couldn't it's, really it's, get that. It's a Philly mindset. Trust the process. That's exactly what it is. It, it, every single team in Philly has taken on that hey, role what? when they're uh, doing. Uh, no, I
2: and mean, then the won't. Sixers,
0: the, the Sixers were the the creator of that. But I've seen it from Philly teams where it's like now when they are doing bad, it's like, oh well, we have a process. We need to trust the process. And it's like, okay, you tried it with the Sixers. No offense, Jaden. We've kind of seen how it's been working out. And if every team <laughs> wants to that. just piggy piggyback off of that. I don't I just think it's excuses Uh, and they know you know what they say about excuses they're like assholes everybody everyone's got one and they stink so
1: there you go attaboy good stuff all right well that was a solid north south segment for Mr. Tyler North for you but let's dive into some of the headliner games we got ahead of us and surprisingly enough the first headliner game has the Pittsburgh Steelers in it what do you think about that Jaden?
2: You talk a lot of shit for a Washington football team fan. I want you to know that.
1: I do. You're right. This is very true. Very true. Football team. Hey man, I was expect- I was expecting gratitude. Uh, I didn't Thanks, expect
2: some Kane. Appreciate the respect that we've earned. There it is.
1: There it is. That's what I wanted to hear. All right. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are sitting at three and three right now, are at The Cleveland Browns, who are sitting at 4-3. and This game is in the 1 o'clock window, so let's dive into it. Things to watch. Obviously, a lot going on with Baker Mayfield right now. If Baker plays, how will the shoulder affect him? And some updates on the shoulder recently. He suffered a fracture in addition to his already torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder versus Arizona in Week 6. Um, I talked about it on the pod before he was on the ground like twitching and Mitch was like oh don't worry about that and then it comes out that he has a fracture in this arm so uh, I might outsmarted the injury guy (laughs) just by seeing that the guy was twitching on the ground I didn't think that was good but he did not end up playing in week seven versus Denver it wasn't really it wasn't really up for debate whether or not he was going to play. I mean, it was going around for a little bit, but obviously the smart play was to play Case Keenum. Um, He's now questionable for Sunday. He's been limited in practice uh, all week. He was limited in practice Thursday as well, which is today as we are recording this. Um, But Baker overall, this season has just not looked good in the first place. I mean, he has... Just around 1,500 yards, but that's 24th in the league. He's only only got six touchdowns, which is tied for 27th. He has three interceptions, which isn't too shabby, but he's got a 41.6 QBR, which is 25th in the league. So, I mean, I don't think it really makes a difference. It, it, who came out and said it? I think it was Jedrick Wills that came out and said that we didn't really notice a difference with Case Keenum out there versus Baker. And, I was, and he didn't – he came out afterwards and was like, I didn't mean to
0: throw shade on Baker, but, like, you already said it, bro. <laughs> you I already mean, said it. I mean, hey, Case Keenum has played in an NFC championship game. I don't very think true. Baker has.
1: Yeah, this is very true. And Case Keenum was not too shabby against the Denver Broncos. He went 21 for 33, 199 yards in the touchdown, but no interceptions, didn't make the big mistake. Uh, relied on the running game. The Ernest Johnson, former fishing boat captain, <laughs> stepped up big in that game. but it'll be interesting to see a bigger plays how the shoulder is going to affect him in this game and going forward. Um, but continuing with the injury theme, what kind of Brown's team will we see Sunday? Because it was a hodgepodge of a team, I guess that's to put it nicely last week against Denver. But let me just read you off some of these injuries we got right now. So Nick Chubb, he's questionable with the cap injury. He has not played since week five versus the Chargers. But from what I've been hearing on Twitter, et cetera, it sounds like he's pretty confident that he's going to play on Sunday. So we'll wait and see there. But you've also got OBJ, who's questionable with the shoulder injury, but There's optimism there as well because he played week seven versus Denver with the same injury. Um, Really quickly, with the trade deadline coming up, any rapid-fire trade destinations for Odell Odell Beckham Jr. you guys got
2: in mind? I mean, throw out any team that needs a receiver, but I I don't think they deal him. I think that there's... The market is – this is an all-time low market for Odell Beckham right now, and I just don't feel like it's worth it to trade him, even though it clearly does not work with him in Cleveland. I don't know what his contract situation is, if he's going to end up somewhere else after this season, but I don't see a midseason trade coming.
0: If, if, they, if they do trade him, um, I think it might be the team that we just watched tonight. I think he could still go to the Packers. Um, I know that they still need some receiver help. Uh, you know, you've got – uh Devontae Adams, but outside of that, I mean Lazard and Valdis scantling, is that gonna get it done? I'm not saying Odell Beckham's gonna come in there and completely change the complexion of the team, but he can definitely help. And you know, he's a guy that that is experienced. And if you give him a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who knows what he can do? The sky's the limit. So um I think that the Packers could could be, but I agree with Jaden. I don't I think with the market how it is, I don't see him moving.
1: The Packers giving up some decent capital for a star receiver. I've never, I've never heard of that coming out of green Bay. <laughs> if they
2: didn't trade for Randall Cobb. Come on.
1: <laughs> good point. Good point. But let's continue with the injury theme for the Browns. Um, I already mentioned OBJ, but Jarvis Landry also questionable with the knee, but he also played against Denver with the same thing. So optimism there. Uh Jedrick Wills is
0: questionable. Uh, Did he play last week? He did. He did play yeah. last week. And that's kind of what I was going to say is, you know, with, if Chubb doesn't play and um, I, I think Hunt out as well. So if Chubb and Hunt both don't play and they are relying on Dearness Johnson, I mean, you've got that line. I mean, I'm not going to say I could run behind that line, but what I'm saying is, is that that line is really good with Wills, uh, Batonio, uh, J.C. Treader, White, Teller, Conklin. Is I don't know if Conklin's healthy or not, but out of those four, I mean, you Conklin's know,
1: questionable right now. That's it. Though.
0: right. So if so if if they have their line healthy, I don't have any worries with who is going to be starting at running back because that line is so good that they're going to be able to run. And uh, no offense, but. Pittsburgh, their run defense has been good, but it hasn't been up to Pittsburgh standards as what it's been in a couple of years past. So uh, having that line healthy, it's going to be, it can pay huge dividends no matter who's at running back for the Browns.
1: Yeah. And they proved last week that they can do it with a guy like Dearness Johnson with that offensive line. I mean, Dearness Johnson almost went for 150 yards. So
0: let me ask you guys a question real quick. Do you, like, do you, do you guys really look at Baker Mayfield and think, yeah, that's a guy that can take this team to a Super Bowl?
2: Oh nope. uh,
1: I have always been a very huge fan of Baker just because of the way he plays and the swagger he goes about the game with. I love guys like that, but the Baker right now cannot.
0: The I mean, Baker I just, last
1: year could and the Baker could, he, prior could. No, I,
0: see, no. I, I, I don't know because like, I, I think we've got enough of a sample size here that I, I, I'm not going to say that they should move on past him, but like, how many more chances are you going to give him? Like I, I don't. I, yes, I know that you're going to continue to run, rely on the run game and your defense. But at some point in time, you, you do have to rely on your quarterback to win you some games, especially in the postseason. So my question is, like that, it, it's just a, a million dollar question: is whether or not he can win them a Super Bowl. And I personally don't think that he can. I, I really and truly don't.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And uh, I was actually watching. I saw Colin, Colin Coward say it today. This is a division with Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow. And you could see Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh next year. Like that's, that's a realistic possibility. And I, I, <laughs> that's straight from his mouth, not mine. Granted. That's I, it, that's I've, that, I've that, granted,
0: that. It's Colin Coward's mouth. <laughs> that's that's hey. well, Colin, Colin Coward's been a Baker hater since day one, but that's oh, also yeah. saying that Mike Tomlin's staying in Pittsburgh. So who knows what's hey, going man. to happen there, He's, you know,
2: never say never, but never. Um, <laughs> but he said yeah. what he was
0: supposed to say. I'll, I'll give him credit. for are there.
2: Yeah, but he does it with the fate, like the angry face when he starts looking around. Of course he
0: does. You have to have charisma as a coach. Like, he's got to sit there and and say, like, yes, I'm not going anywhere. Like, he has to. Because, like, if he gives any little inkling about him possibly wanting to move, the whole season's done. Like Like an Urban
2: Meyer type of response. Yeah,
0: he's got to 100% be all in because if he's not, then – the question marks start to arise and everything well like that, so.
2: if he does leave pittsburgh i don't know if i would ever recover emotionally um yeah. but, but back to baker i just i don't think he's the guy i actually used to like baker but then joe burrow actually became the guy that i thought baker was like as far as like the swagger but then he actually backs it up with good quarterback play um but no but baker is just not it there are a lot of quarterbacks better than him. And this is too good of a roster to be wasting on a guy that can't elevate a team right now.
1: Yep. I you agree. have to you have to give a lot of credit to Baker, though. He took a Browns team and became the face of a Browns team that was in the gutter of the NFL before he came there. And he comes there and completely it completely flips the Man. team around and turns him in a playoff contender. I well, know like that the- roster is really talented right. and he built it around him. I know. I know, but you have to give a lot of credit to Baker. And I can't imagine Browns fans are super eager to ditch on Baker, the quarterback that got them from the
2: gutter well, to where they are now. The thing is, this is this is his contract year. This is when you've got guys that are in the same draft class as him, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. These guys are getting $250 million deals. Do you pay Baker Mayfield $200 million? Absolutely not. So yeah. now you've got to either pay him something short, and he's going to be asking for that kind of money. Or something in that same realm because you know he he did bring them out of the gutter. he did do this for this franchise and he's going to want that kind of money and if they pay him that amount of money the the browns the Super Bowl window closes immediately.
0: yeah like okay uh, this is gonna sound so bad and Brown's fans are gonna hate me for this, but like throw Sam darnold there. Is it that much of a difference?
1: Oh, yeah, how stinky Sam darnold looks
0: right now. Right now, no because way. he because he doesn't have I'd
2: be better than Baker Mayfield.
0: I'm not okay. I'm not saying that he isn't, but like we would be able to at least make a determining decision on where that team would be going instead of being in this. Oh well, maybe we're good enough, but we're not good enough. But maybe maybe we could be better. You you could have taken him, Darnold, or Josh Allen, or Lamar. Yeah, and yeah. Keep
2: him out of the division. I mean, I know. Mean, at least yeah, they didn't, I least they the didn't
0: take the Josh. At least they didn't take Josh Rosen, but. Yeah. I, I just – I I don't know if I see this guy as – like, is he a top 15 quarterback?
2: No.
1: He's not a – I was just about to say, I don't think you can give Baker the label of franchise quarterback, and it's not even close.
2: And that's why I think they end up looking at other options between – you know, this offseason, whether they look to the draft, which I think would be a mistake because you'd have to start the whole process over again. Well, with, this
0: draft class is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, that Kenny too. Kenny Pickett, Mel Kuiper Jr.'s big board just came out, and Kenny Pickett's the number one quarterback going off the board, which is just yeah. it's yeah, like I him. Don't, Slovis and Sam Howe, and it's just it's an awful quarterback. Well, class.
2: Mel Kuiper Matt not exactly. Like I know that he's <laughs> What the hell does mm-hmm. Mel Kuiper know about football?
0: I'm um, saying he knows much, but I'm saying that where this draft class is compared to oh, yeah. what it's been in past three draft years, classes, for sure, like this for is sure. this reminds me of like the EJ Manuel type draft class. That's that's what this draft that was like him or the and,
2: Bortles or the Bortles class of 2015.
0: Yeah, yeah. Christian Ponder class with Jake Locker and all. like it's just it's oh. a terrible draft class.
1: You have you have fond memories of that. Of oh, that great, class, don't great don't pick. Great <laughs>
0: ponders of the world. <laughs>
1: anyway, all right, let's move on to our next uh Steelers Browns note. And that is um, can the trending, I put trending before the Steelers, uh, can the trending Steelers make their presence known in a competitive AFC North? So let me, let me lay it down for you, what has transpired uh, over the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers so far. So weeks one through four, they had a record of one and three. Their defense allowed an average of 25 points per game. Their offense scored an average of 15 points per game. And Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, threw four interceptions in the course of these four games. But now you look at weeks five through seven. They're on a two-dub streak. They have in week five, they beat Denver 27 to 19. And then in week six, they beat a struggling, to say the least, Seattle Seahawks. But in a tough-fought game where T.J. Watt looked great at the very end. It was a hard-fought victory, 23 to 20. And then they had that bye in week seven. Um, But Najee, over that span of two games, he had a combined 47 carries, 203 yards and a touchdown, and eight catches, 66 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game which Najee's been balling out all year. This is no surprise. But Big Ben has looked really good. My Big Ben slander is like no more right now. I'm not tossing out any Big Ben slander. I promise. Because he's thrown zero picks over this span. And they're sitting in an AFC North, which is arguably one of the more competitive divisions in football right now, if not the most competitive. And you got the Bengals sitting at the top, five and two. They played the Jets this week, so... Probably hand them the dog. Mike White, right Mike White coming in to start for the Jets or Joe Flacco. Who knows? No, they they announced today that it's Mike White. Ooh, after the first quarter, they might change their minds. <laughs> but you got the Ravens sitting at five and two too. Um, they got a bye this week, which is nice for them. And then you got the Browns four and three, and the Steelers creeping up at three and three. So, Jaden. Do you think the Steelers have a shot to climb themselves into the AFC North and make a statement here? Uh,
2: As far as making a statement this week and like over the next two weeks after that, yes, I think we could definitely win this game when we got Chicago and then Detroit or Detroit and then Chicago. But I know we have those two after the Browns. So we could definitely be looking at six and three, but I've been over it multiple times. We have a gauntlet for the final eight weeks. It's awful like absolutely dreadful i'd be i would not be totally surprised if we don't want a single game throughout that um as far but as far as these next couple weeks i think we could definitely make a statement maybe build some momentum going into those games that's just how i've been looking at it like we've got these three
0: weeks and then the next eight weeks yeah
2: fair fair
0: tyler yeah i mean i think that as far as making a statement in the AFC North, do I think that the Steelers are going to win this division? No. Do I think that they could compete for a wild card spot? Yeah, because I don't see the AFC as being. The AFC is not like the NFC. You know, the NFC has four teams with one loss. All four are have a better record than every single team in the AFC, uh, and even the wild cards pretty competitive in the NFC. Whereas, yeah, with the AFC, with the AFC, you know, it, it's wide open from the wild card standpoint. You might have a team like the Colts there. You know, they. have got a three and four record the Steelers have got a three and three record I mean with there being seven teams now in the playoffs you could really and truly look at the AFC North and say yep all four of those teams are going to make the playoffs and it could happen I don't think it will but it it very well could happen so yeah I think that Steelers win this week and they're right back in that race at least for the wild card are they in the AFC North picture Currently, will will they be if they win this game? Yes, because like you said, with them playing the Bears and the Lions, both winnable games, they win both of those, and they win this week. They're 6-3. and They're right there in the thick of seeing, uh, you know, looking ahead the last eight weeks. I know that they've got, like – I was looking at it. They've got Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. So a lot of (laughs) really, really tough games. Some divisional games in there, though, so they can definitely, you know, make up some ground. So, yeah, I think that this is a, a huge week. Not only for them, but it's it's a huge week for the Browns as well. Both these teams oh, yeah. need this win because if they lose this game, their season's going to be on the fringe as far as whether or not they're going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, I, I think there's a strong argument to be made that it's pretty obviously more of a must-win for Cleveland than it is for Pittsburgh.
0: But well, you know, you know, you know, Pittsburgh is going to. Mike Tomlin came out and said that they're not going to use. The playoff loss last year as motivation which i got a chuckle out of i'm like how do you not use that as motivation yeah. for this game i mean big ben's 24 2 and 1 all time uh against the browns i mean just an incredible record uh and the other thing that i found out is uh zach banner is the offensive lineman tackle for the steelers Six eight, three hundred fifty eight 358 pounds he tore his acl in know- game game one against the Giants last year he's coming back this week and he also was with the Browns previously before signing with the Steelers so you know he's going to have a little bit of vengeance and a little bit more of a motivation to to really perform well in this game and I think that that you know can really help out their line with with the struggles that they've had on their line so um, I think Pittsburgh is set up well in this game believe it or not
1: yeah well let's dive into it the spread for this game is Cleveland minus three and a half uh the money lines, Cleveland -200, Pittsburgh +170. And I'm going with my pick right off the back. I'm going Steelers on the spread and the money line. I know, absolutely a shocker of a pick here, but I think I think we might have um, mutual mindsets here. So, Jaden, what you got?
2: Uh yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh on both as well. I do think that this is much more of a must win for the Steelers because if we don't go into week 11 at six and three our season is officially over so we need to win these next three pretty much you know we we have to these are all must wins and the Browns while you know they're four and three so they have a better record than us technically just due to their due to us having a bye but they know that they're going to get a lot of these guys back so this this team that they have right now this is not their final form they're going to be able to get some of these guys back and actually have a full roster that they can take into the end of the season. But anyway, yeah, give me Pittsburgh on both. Uh, I just have a good feeling about it. Yeah, but me too. That never. That's what I'm well saying for me. So.
1: I just so like feel really shitty about this Browns team right now, especially Baker.
2: I mean, Tyler. The guys, it's hard not to feel shitty. Yeah,
0: I um I I would I would probably hop on this as soon as you can with that three and a half. I, I'm taking Steelers on moneyline and the spread as well. I know it's clean sweep, which uh normally that's like a jinx. Um, but I, I do think that the Steelers are gonna have a little bit more of a motivation um compared to what they've had in, in years past because they are coming off a loss to the Browns, which is very rare. And one that I mean, the Browns are up 20, nothing. Don't want to bring back bad memories, Jaden, but Browns are up 28 nothing in that playoff game. And, you know, that, that bad taste has got to still be in their mouth from, from last uh, from, from last year. So um, I would definitely hop on that three and a half, that extra half, you know, getting a field goal. Uh, I love that uh, with the Steelers team in, in a game that I think is going to be pretty low scoring. I think the over-under is like 42 and a half or 43. Uh, and I think the under is a great play in this game as well. Uh, but, yeah, give me the Steelers at, at the plus 170. Uh, but to be safe, I would take the three and a half.
2: Good stuff. Yeah, thank. Good stuff. Thank you for bringing back that Steelers memory. That was probably one of the three, at least top three worst moments of my entire life because I invited <laughs> everybody over, and first play, snap right over his head, touchdown. Breath. Like I, it felt like I was naked in a room, and everyone's like pointing at me and like laughing. It's like, it felt like a nightmare.
0: But it's like okay. You can. Nightmare. You hard. can always hold the. You can always hold the uh, NFC Championship game against the Eagles over my head. And when the Vikings went up seven nothing, first drive of the game looked great, and then thirty-eight unanswered points by the Eagles. So I've I've yeah. experienced some stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but you've also had a the Minneapolis
0: miracle. Yeah, and I've had zero have... Super Bowls, so there's that too.
1: Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah,
0: you have, your franchise at least has one. The Vikings have lost every single Super Bowl they've been in. Yeah, the Buffalo well, Bills of the NFC. We got, we got a couple.
1: Yeah, because I, I remember so fondly in the eighties how John Riggins and Joe Theismann, Doug played. Williams. Yeah, I remember. so I love those teams. These times, yeah. So anyway, let's move on from the uh, disappointments of our current current teams and move on to the next headliner game that we have, and it's going to be a good one. It's the hot. Tennessee Titans, who are sitting at five and two at the rolling Indianapolis Colts, who are sitting at three and four. You mentioned some good stuff about the Colts earlier. Um, this is in the one o'clock window. So let's dive into it. Thanks for watching this game. So but you got to look back at week three because these teams have already had a matchup so far this year. And the Titans came out on top in this one twenty five Twenty five to sixteen. Um, the Titans had 368 total yards, which is a lot. Um, they controlled time of possession with 34 and six minutes. Well, 34 minutes and six seconds time of possession. Yeah. That's how you read that. <laughs> and, but they had three turnovers at the courtesy of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, but the Colts on the other hand, only had 265 total yards. They were three for 12 on third down and they only had 25 minutes of time of possession. So Really struggled game for the Colts, but they're hot. I mean, they were 0-3 at this point. So we've got, well, they were 0-2, went 0-3 after this game. But it's good to have a sample size already. But these are two different teams now. And let's dive into some of what we're looking forward to seeing in this game. And I'll start off with the battle of the running backs. We have two of the best running backs in the league right now going head-to-head. And you got Derrick Henry on the Tennessee side, obviously balling out this season. He's got 191 carries, which is first in the league, 869 yards, which is first in the league. And he's about to lap the next person with the next most yards. I don't even know who it is, but he, he's about to, like, I was looking at the numbers the other day and I was just shocked. I mean, who isn't? And he's got double digit touchdowns already 10 touchdowns, which is first in the league. Um, But he had kind of not really a stinker <laughs> if you were to compare it to any other running back, but compared to Derrick Henry Sanders, especially so far this year, it was kind of a struggle against Kansas city last week. He had 29 carries and 86 yards, no tuds. That was the first time he was under hundred yards on the ground all season. And he runs into a Colts run defense that in the past has been very good and they have been pretty solid so far this year. They allow 88 yards per game to running back so far, which is 16th lease, which isn't that great. But they allow 4.1 yards per carry to running backs, which is the 12th lease, which is a little better. And it gets even better when you look at how many touchdowns they've allowed. And they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the second lease in the league. And Henry in their last matchup, Went for 28 carries, 113 yards, so they weren't able to stop him. But we'll see if it changes a little bit with the Colts momentum coming into this one. And then on the other side, you've got the young and talented Jonathan Taylor, who is absolutely balling out as well. He's got 105 carries, which is fourth in the league, uh, 579 yards, which is second. Wow, look at that. (laughs) Look at that. And he's got five touchdowns, which is tied for third but he's been super hot lately. Like he had a struggling start to the season, but he's had more than hundred rushing yards in three of the last four games, but he's balling out with the touchdowns. He's got six touchdowns in the last four games, including one receiving against the Ravens, which went for 70 yards, which was absolutely electric, but he's running into the Tennessee run defense this week who have kind of been a little bit all over the board. They allow 78 yards per game to running backs, which is 11th least, but 4.6 yards per carry, which is tied for fourth most. And versus Tennessee last time in week three, he went 10 carries and 64 yards. Um, What do you guys think of Jonathan Taylor so far this year? I mean, is he going to be like one of the best running backs in the league pretty soon, if not already? Jaden, I'll start with you.
2: I think he'll constantly be like towards the top. I don't think he'll ever – I don't think he has enough to ever be like the best running back in the league, but he's a good runner. He can catch the ball well enough, got a good offensive line, offense that obviously isn't very pass-happy, at least not right now. So, yeah, he'll always be up towards the top. I just – something about him doesn't scream like best running back in the NFL at any point in his career, but he'll he'll always be very, very good out of the young guys right now who can
1: you who can you put up against him like the guys that are up and coming just drafted oh, I mean, I you mean, got
0: you're, Smith, you're gonna be, you're Nazi gonna ask Harris. i was gonna say you're gonna ask the Steelers you, fan just, this question. you just come
2: you walked right into that one i mean come on John tyler what you
0: think i mean i i think his receiving ability is gonna have to progress uh you know, for him to remain in that upper echelon of running backs. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a guy that you took in the first round of your fantasy drafts for a reason, and he's definitely producing. Uh, Do I think he's going to stay there? Yeah. I, I don't think that there's any reason why he won't stay there. I think that he's right there in that same category as like Nick Chubb um, as far as what you can expect from him on a year in year out basis uh, from a fantasy perspective. And, yeah, I think, you know, he's a he's a staple point of this Colts offense, um, you know, not only this year, but for years to come as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Let's move on from the battle of the running backs, which will, I think, be the most entertaining thing in this game. But you've got two quarterbacks right now that are trending on the up when they had a start to the season that wasn't so pretty. And you've got Brian Tannehill on the Tennessee side and Carson Wentz on the other side. So will they continue their upward trends in this game? Carson Wentz so far has looked great Uh Struggled to the start of the season. He had some injury issues with the ankles, <laughs> ankles as in plural, both ankles, but he's really picked it up since he's gotten over those injuries. He has 1700 yards on the season, uh, 11 touchdowns, and only one interception, which is tied for the least in the league. He has multiple touchdown passes without an interception in four consecutive games. And he's going up against a very friendly Tennessee defense against the pass. They have allowed 291 yards per game, which is seventh most. In the last matchup that they had, Carson Wentz went 19 for 37, 194 yards, and no touchdowns, no interceptions. But he's definitely picked it up since then. Tyler, I heard you got some thoughts on Carson Wentz. How about you go ahead and share?
0: Yeah, you kind of alluded to it with you know him having four straight games of multiple touchdowns and zero interceptions. If he does that this week, he will be the first Colts quarterback. Ever, that means wow. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, they never did that. So Carson Wentz is entering a, a historical category that I don't think a lot of us ever saw, uh, you know, on, on the horizon with him. Another thing on the other side with with Tannehill is uh, he's he was sacked twenty times in the first five weeks and then only once in the last two weeks. So that has absolutely improved. You know, their passing attack, um, him not, him avoiding those sacks. Um, the one thing I will say about the Titans, too, is they play the Colts, then they play the Rams and the Saints. Pretty tough, you know, gauntlet there for three games. After that, they've got the Texans twice, uh, the Dolphins, the Jags, and then they do have Pittsburgh, San Fran, and New England, but it's a very favorable schedule down the stretch for Tennessee. So this game, in my opinion, is more crucial for Indianapolis to win, because like I said, they've already lost to Tennessee. And if they lose this game, I mean, you could pretty much say the division Tennessee's at that point. Um, The other thing, AJ Brown and Julio Jones both got hurt in that game and they're both looks like finally healthy. I mean, I don't know if Julio will ever be fully healthy, Uh, but AJ Brown, you know, we talked about him, had his coming out game last week. And uh, I I know he had, I think it was uh, eight catches, 133 and a touch um, last Mm -hmm. week. So I think that that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, another guy, I know we've talked about him a couple of times. I love Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman's turning into one of the best receivers in football. Uh, I think he's going to end up being a top 20 receiver at the end of the year. Uh, So I, I, I think that, You know, Carson Wentz has found his new favorite target in India, and it's Michael Pittman.
1: Go and listen to the the preview for the Colts before the season. I was talking on Michael Pittman, and Jaden shat all over it. He was not about it at all. I mentioned it actually last year, I think, and during the season. I shat
2: on it last year.
1: Yeah, last year. So looking kind of like a shitty take now, my brother. It is what it is.
2: We all have them. It's okay but yes we do
1: (laughs) but you mentioned ryan sanahill uh looking on the ups now he's got 17 uh well 1737 yards through the games he's played so far seven touchdowns which isn't too spectacular and five interceptions was is isn't too spectacular but he's definitely been looking up in these past few games he's got 100 plus passer rating in two of the last three games which is Most definitely impressive. He's got a rushing touchdown in back-to-back games. And you're not looking for these, like, 400-yard passing days from Ryan Tannehill in an offense when you've got Derrick Henry doing the things that he's doing. So he's doing just enough right now. And you mentioned A.J. Brown finally coming into form. He really struggled to start the season, but he's had his coming-out party now. 133 yards and a touch versus Kansas City, like you mentioned, Tyler. And he's had more than 90 yards receiving in the last two games – and he had no game more than 50 yards receiving prior to that. So he's definitely stepping up. But he runs into a Colts pass defense that's kind of been a little all over, all over the board, 256.3 yards per game, which is 14th least allowed in the league. But they are tied for second most touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks at 16. And Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys that could throw three passing touchdowns 15 yards out. You know, he's not going to throw the bombs, but he can definitely throw the passing tuts. Uh, If we look at the last matchup, Tannehill went 18 for 27, 197 yards, three touchdowns. Like I just mentioned, he can do that, but he did have the two interceptions, which was kind of crucial, but they ended up pulling out anyway. But let's dive into our thoughts about this game. Who's going to win? Who's not going to win? And I'll start with the spread. Indianapolis is favored minus one and a half. The money lines, Indianapolis minus 135, Tennessee plus 115. And I'll go ahead with my pick first. I think this Tennessee team is just too hot right now. I think they're really starting to get it together. I called them as a Super Bowl contender before the year started. And that kind of blew up all in my face when the season started. But um, they have definitely started to put it together now. I mean, five and two. Great wins, back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, give me a Tennessee team on the rise. Jaden, what you got?
2: This is such a tough game to pick because I really like what the Colts have shown me Me over the last couple weeks, and they're at home. But Titans have Derrick Henry. So I think I might end up taking Tennessee. I can't say I feel good about picking either team.
1: Me neither. And I love Carson Wentz, too. Like, I just want to see the man do it.
2: Starting Carson Wentz this week because of bye week slash injuries. Pray for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, who you got in this game? Um, yeah, I got Tennessee. I just, I think there's too many playmakers on the Tennessee side of things. And from what I've seen recently, their defense has shored up uh, over the past couple of weeks. I know they allowed, I think 31 to uh, the bills, but last week completely shut down the chiefs. And I think yeah, the defense and Mike Vrabel has, has figured out a couple of things, um, that have been able to propel them to victory and get key stops when they've needed to get key stops. I mean, this is a team that four weeks ago lost to the jets. I know they didn't have AJ Brown and Julio in that game, but you They did lose to the Jets, and then since then they've beaten the Jags, the Bills, um, and then the Chiefs last week. So I I like the direction that the Titans are heading right now. And this is a team that before the season had Super Bowl aspirations and they're right there they're tied for the best record in the AFC just like that uh the AFC is a total crap shoot right now um you know at the top with teams that are five and two and, and four and three or, or four and two or something of that realm um so yeah I think that they you know the, the million dollar question is can they win a Super Bowl I don't know if they're the best team in the AFC as far as Super Bowl um but a couple things go their way absolutely they get up in games they're the number one team in the AFC in my opinion that can just control the clock I know Cleveland's there Um, I know that uh, some other teams like the Ravens are there as well as far as being able to control the clock but none of those teams have Derrick Henry and that guy is just he's 131 yards away from a thousand yard season eight games into the season so uh, I I like Tennessee in this game and and I think Tennessee with the favorable schedule that they've got um, I think this is a team that's going to end up going 12 and 5 13 and 4 when it's all said and done good stuff there all right well let's move on to our next headliner
1: game that we got and it's not as exciting as the other two but it's definitely a game to watch and that is the tampa bay buccaneers at the new orleans saints uh tampa bay bucks sitting at six and one on the back of tom brady right now but the Saints are putting together some solid wins recently. They're sitting in four and two, a very nice record to be looking at. So, thanks for watching this game for me personally. But, famous Jameis plays his former team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first time since leaving Tampa Bay. So, in case you want a little history lesson, uh, Jameis Winston was drafted first overall in the 2015 draft by the Tampa Bay Bucks to be their franchise quarterback. And he was a starting quarterback for a while, 2015 to 2019, but just didn't end up being the number one pick that everyone thought he was going to be. And now you flash forward to today. Uh, So far on the season, he's starting for the New Orleans Saints, obviously. But on the season, he's got 1,114 yards, which is sitting towards the bottom of the league at 28th. But he's got 13 touchdowns, which is tied for 10th and only three interceptions, which is tied for fifth. But he's been putting together a really solid streak recently, eight touchdowns and one interception in the last four games. So, and I think we're seeing something out of Jameis right now that we have never seen out of Jameis, you know? Like, he is not trying to, uh, obviously, through 30 interceptions in one season or however many it was, he's not trying to do that anymore,
0: you know? Like, look at his passing numbers. He's letting the game come to him, right?
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you got to give a lot of credit to Sean Payton. He's like, Hey man, this is how you play quarterback. I had a pretty good one before you. So let me, let me show you a few things. So Jameis is definitely starting to go less big play and more of the conservative play, which I like to see, you know, it's a complete transition for Jameis Winston. So Next thing to watch in this game is the Tampa Bay secondary continues to manage with injuries right now. Uh, I've mentioned it multiple podcasts, Sean Murphy bunting and Carlton Davis, both on IR right now. And you've got Richard Sherman who's questionable for this game with a hamstring. Uh, He's limited practice Wednesday, but he did not play against Chicago. He's almost a coach with his little headset on, which I mean, I would throw a headset on Richard Sherman too, one of the best cornerbacks to ever do it. But hopefully he plays in this game for the Tampa Bay Bucs' sake because that secondary is really looking rough right now. Next thing I want to cover is Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans, which is one of the best wide receiver cornerback rivalries in the league. Probably, honestly, the best, in my opinion, like as far as theatrics go and just getting excited to watch them go at it uh, in their past three matchups. Mike Evans has zero catches. Marshawn Lattimore has absolutely shut him down. And Marshawn Lattimore has looked great so far this year, too. He shut Terry down just a couple weeks ago. Um, But after the last meeting last year, Marshawn Lattimore came out and tweeted, better luck next year. (laughs) And we are at that time, man. It is now next year, and we are about to see it unfold. So get your popcorn ready in the great words of Terrell Owens. But I did some deep dive into the Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore matchup. And there's an eight game sample size since Marshawn Lattimore entered the league. And when they've matched up against each other, Mike Evans only has nine catches, nine in total. This is a four year span where these are two of the same teams in the same division. So they play each other twice a year. And Mike Evans only has one touchdown and Marshawn Lattimore has one interception. So they swap those, but, That's not what you're used to seeing from Mike Evans, but he's been balling out this year so far on the season, 496 yards and seven tuds, which is tied for second. And Chicago versus Chicago last week, he went nuts. Six catches on 10 targets, 76 yards, and three touchdowns. Absolutely phenomenal.
0: including, Including Tom Brady's 600th touchdown that he ended up giving that ball away. And we all have seen on social media how that transpired.
1: Yes, of course. We talked about a little bit about it last podcast, but uh, multiple touchdowns in the last two and two of the last three games for Mike Evans. So are you guys excited for this Lattimore Evans matchup? Tyler, I'll start with you, man
0: yeah absolutely I literally put on my notes Lattimore Evans yum because yeah. it's going to be it's it, it's always a great matchup when these guys are are going at it and um if it's anything like what we saw last week with uh Lattimore and DK Metcalf um we're going to be in for another treat uh Lattimore's got to keep his head straight though I mean he had multiple personal foul penalties in that game against the Seahawks which cost his team crucial field position in in a low scoring game um so yeah I I'm absolutely looking forward to this the other thing, um, this is going to be the Bucks biggest test from a defensive side of the thing. The Saints are eighth in total defense and third in scoring defense, only averaging 16.3 points per game. Um, so this is going to be the biggest test that this Bucks offense has seen. And I know Antonio Brown, I believe, is doubtful. Uh, so I don't know if Antonio Brown is going to be suiting up, which puts even more pressure on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But they do get Gronk back, uh, which is a positive note for them. But, yeah, I think that uh, this – it's either it's, – <laughs> It's funny because it's either Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore or Mike Evans against Jalen Ramsey as as what I always look at for for the top cornerback wide receiver matchups during the year. And we're getting two of them in the first uh, eight weeks of the season, which is always great. Yeah. Jaden, you hype for this, man?
2: I'm pretty excited for this one. Uh, I can't wait to hear you be completely silent if Mike Evans does nothing or just be screaming about how you were right about Mike Evans the entire time. When Mike Evans does anything, I don't like. expect
1: him to do shit against Lavin. Really,
2: I really, I just dude. The biggest Mike you Evans shut him in? the fuck down for the past the like, Mike Evans forever. Like, flying it, yeah, uh, I do think that Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf might work its way into this stratosphere as far as wide receiver cornerback matchups because uh obviously Jalen Ramsey is a better corner and DK is a better receiver. And they've gotten feisty over the last – they've had three or four matchups just because DK's only been in the league for two years. This is his third season. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. Always fun when you get to watch something like this. This reminds me a lot of the Josh Norman OBJ matchups from years ago when they always used to go at it. So, love seeing these kinds of games. Of course – course it's going to be
1: good stuff get your popcorn ready but one last thing i want to throw at you guys how does the addition of mark ingram help the saints out man so in case anyone didn't know mark ingram played for houston texas to start the year he was let go by the ravens signed to the texans and he was traded to the saints from houston on wednesday and he has quite a history in new orleans most most people know mark ingram from playing in new orleans Uh, Ravens fans might think differently, but he played for the Saints from 2011 to 2019. Uh, So far this season, he has 92 carries, which is 11th in the league. Can you believe that? Um, 294 yards and touchdowns so not that great, but what else are you going to do in Houston? But Sean Payton came out today and said that Ingram will play on Sunday if they can help it. So you got Alvin Kamara who on the season is sitting at 114 carries, which is third. He is on pace. Now I know, I know this is bad because I mean, obviously this pace isn't going to keep up, but he's on pace for 408 carries. His previous career high was 194 carries. So he's almost at his career high already. And it's not, we haven't even started week eight yet. So Alvin Kamara came out and I heard something the other day that Kamara recommended to Sean Payton that he wanted to bring Mark Ingram back and they made it happen because you cannot be giving your franchise young running back this many carries who's that electric in the receiving game. So it's going to be fun to watch Mark Ingram and Kamara back together again, the classic duo from a couple of years ago. So I'm excited. I'm excited. He's yeah, I, definitely think, gonna...
0: Go I, I, I think that, you know, them not having Latavius Murray, um, obviously not having Mark Ingram. They always had that that secondary running back to take the load off of Kamara. And uh, he's racking up not only rushes, but catches as well. I mean, I think he had like 10 catches in the Monday night game this past week. So uh, this is absolutely going to help the durability of uh, Alvin Kamara. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit of a resurgence for Mark Ingram, too, to uh, You know, anytime you're you're able to go back to that team that drafted you and and you've kind of been around the block, like you said, with the Ravens, Texans, and now you come back and he's a local guy, too. That's only going to help out. So I think that maybe not this week, but down the road, I think that Mark Ingram is going to have a pretty significant impact with this offense.
1: Me, too. They need that pure runner because Kamara is that you're investing too much in Kamara just to have him like play both roles so significantly.
2: Jaden. I'm just. I was just gonna say, this was a guy that took snaps away from Philip Lindsay. So when you can add a guy like that onto your team, <laughs> I, it's, it's huge. That's very addiction. funny. That's very funny, Jaden. Very good. How's he? How's Philip Lindsay done this season? We're gonna do. You it
1: got, now. bro. You got the whole club laughing right now, bro. You got. hey <laughs> eh, you yeah, got so the whole club for
2: laughing. For
1: yeah.
2: Uh, on, I'm not waiting I'll for you to
1: second. pull up your stats,
2: bro. I'll, Put I'll talk down. right over you. I don't care. Um, he has. Hustle up as a 97 yards through seven games. He has 97 yards. He's averaging about 14 yards a game. Does have three catches on the season now, 37 yards.
1: Well, they obviously season. felt comfortable enough about Philip Lindsay to trade away Mark Ingram.
2: Or did they feel no. confident enough about David Johnson to trade away Mark
1: Ingram? Well, they've seen enough of Jaden Johnson at this point. I think they're kind of sick of that, but Anyway, let's dive into the spread for this game. It's Tampa Bay minus four and a half, and the money line. It's Tampa Bay minus two twenty, New Orleans plus one eighty, and I'm gonna go Tampa Bay on the spread and the money line. I just think this is gonna be too much of a high-powered offense for New Orleans to keep up with. Um, I think once Jameis starts throwing way downfield, it might get ugly. But you know, this is a struggling secondary right now, so. It might be some fireworks in this game, but I'm going to take Tampa Bay with the record so far this year.
2: Jaden? Yeah, give me Tampa Bay. This one's pretty easy. Tampa Bay's been rolling, but they have been, you know, they have been rolling. So this is a team that they are actually going to have to try against. Uh, They've had some nice matchups recently, and they've blown out a few teams. So New Orleans isn't exactly a cakewalk, but I still think Tampa Bay wins this one. Gotcha, Tyler.
0: Um, I'm gonna go with New Orleans on the spread and New Orleans on the money line. Ooh. I think the Saints are going to upset them. Uh, I think this defense is like I like we discussed. This is the the toughest defense that they faced, and the Superdome is gonna be rocking. Uh, Jameis Winston revenge game. We've talked about that. I think that that's gonna have a little bit of a motivation to him, and I think Sean Payton's gonna dial up a great game plan. Um, I think that AB. Antonio Brown being out of this game like I said he's doubtful right now but trending in the wrong direction I think if he's out that is a huge loss for Tampa Bay because now you're putting a lot on Chris Godwin because we've already talked about the Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans matchup uh, and then you're relying on a guy that hasn't played since week two in Rob Gronkowski uh, and then also New Orleans run defense is great uh, headed by Cameron Jordan so I think that uh, they're going to be able to really create some havoc um, with this Bucks team. And this is a type of game, like you said, Jaden, Tampa's rolling right now. This is the type of game that they could possibly lose and still be in great shape and still win this division pretty comfortably. So I, I like New Orleans to, to get the upset here and, uh, and and win this game. I like it.
1: I like it. And you mentioned Gronk coming back. Like, this is a guy who's 32 years old. He came out of retirement and he was placed on ir with multiple broken ribs and a punctured lung so i can't imagine that he's going to come back like some spry chicken you know so i think think gronk might struggle a little bit in this one maybe a little preview for my sit you know maybe tossing that out there but anyway good stuff good analysis there all around but so with that, let's dive into the final game in our slate. And it should be pretty interesting for Mr. Tyler North because it is his Vikings going head-to-head with the red-hot Dallas Cowboys coming off their bye. The Dallas Cowboys are sitting at 5-1, and one, and they're going into Minnesota, who are 3-3. Three and three. And this is a Sunday night football game. And I'm excited about this Sunday night football game because we these past two weeks have not been that great for Sunday night football. And I really, really look forward, and I imagine the rest of America does. Like, we, I really look forward to Sunday night football. And it's kind of been a stinker these past few weeks. It was Steelers, Seahawks, and then it was Colts, 49ers in the rain. So I'm looking forward to a good game here, and I can't wait to watch. Uh, Tyler, I know you have a lot to say about this game, but I'll go, I'll list off my uh, things to watch real quick, and then I'll let you take it over. But first things to watch for me personally is, Dak Prescott's injury um Dak injured his calf on the game-winning touchdown pass versus New England in week six and there was optimism because Dak was like I'm definitely gonna play like I'll be fine like don't worry about it Cowboys Nation I'll be here and they had the bye afterwards so it's like okay like it he seems okay um like I said they had the bye in week seven but this week They've been limiting him, man, and this is something the Cowboys love to do with Dak Prescott. I mean, you saw it before the season, and any of those of you that watched Hard Knocks, uh, I watched it pretty closely um, just because Hard Knocks is one of the best series Cowboys ever. Fan. No, Hard Knocks, I watch it every year, man. Come on. And I always I do fall in love with the team on Hard Knocks every year. But anyway, um, he did not take, like, when they were limiting him before the season – uh, they were doing it pretty hardcore and they've been doing a lot of that this week. He has not taken any first team reps this week. Uh, Rush. I don't even know what his first name is, but the Rush. Cooper, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. Gotcha. Um, but Cooper Rush has been taking most of the first team reps this week. I'm surprised it's not Will Greer.
0: They ben, DiNucci. Yeah. ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci, the James
1: Madison
0: prospect.
1: <laughs> no, the product of JMU. Most elite, but Dak came out and said he wants to play, but it is quote, not his decision. Well, it is quote, not fully my decision. So that is consistent with a lot with a lot of what has happened with Dak so far this year. So we'll wait and see on Dak's injury. A lot of determinants there. Obviously if Dak doesn't play, this is a completely different game uh, obvious by the horrendous season that the Cowboys had last year, but You've got two elite wide receiver duos going head to head in this one. You've got Amari Cooper and CD lamb going head to head with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. It's going to be a shit ton of fun to watch Amari Cooper on the year, uh, 373 yards and four Tuds. uh, CD lamb, 497 yards and four Tuds. Uh, Jaden, you start just reminding you that CD lamb is probably clearly the
2: number one now. Just, uh, I'll see it. I'll see it on that one. I got, I missed on that take. I like I it. Thanks man. Sorry. Handshake. Appreciate it. it. I like that.
0: <laughs> Truce. Truce. I will however, <laughs> be bringing
2: up every single thing you get wrong on a weekly basis from now on. So we're going to do a We're going to do a Canes misses segment. Um, <laughs> I don't miss a lot. So let's do it. Just kidding. That's going to come
1: back and bite me. All right. I'm going to continue with my analysis. But C.D. Lamb's coming off a big game against New England. Uh, he had over 100 yards receiving. He absolutely balled out. He had the game-winning 35-yard touchdown, which was awesome. And they're running into a Vikings defense who are kind of middle of the pack, 182 yards per game allowed to wide receivers so far. But they have allowed 100, yard, uh, 100 yards or more to three wide receivers so far this year, three separate ones, which tied for third most. On the other side, you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson is balling out this year. And it's surprising because, like, I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about Justin Jefferson right now. He's balling. Um, He's got 41 catches on the year, which is tied for 10th. Uh, 542 yards, which is ninth. Uh, He's only got the three touchdowns, so I guess I could see it. But he's doing a lot of what he did last year. And then you've got Adam Thielen, 37 catches, 393 yards, and five touchdowns, which is tied for eighth in the league. And they're running into a Cowboys defense that is absolutely terrible against wide receivers. Uh, They've allowed 209.7 yards per game to receivers, which is third most. And they've allowed 100-plus yard performances to five separate wide receivers this year, which is tied for the most. Um, Finally, Dalvin versus Zeke, obviously going to be super entertaining. Uh, Dalvin has only played four games so far this year, but he balled out in his last game against Carolina before the bye, uh, 140 yards in the touchdown. And the Cowboys defense, they've been pretty solid against running backs, surprisingly. Um, They've allowed the fourth least yards per game, and they've allowed only three touchdowns to running backs so far, which is tied for the third least. And then you've got Zeke, who's balling out. 102 carries tied for six, 521 yards and five touchdowns, which is all in the top 10. Uh, he's had hundred yards and a touchdown in two of the last three games. And he's going up against a Vikings run defense. That isn't too promising. 109.3 yards per game allowed seventh most and the fourth most yards per carry allowed. So as
0: I end my long rants, Tyler, I'll
1: let you take it away, man. What are you looking forward to see?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, how we're going to end the the Halloween night is uh, sitting down watching this dandy of a Sunday night game. I'm excited for it. Every single Vikings game has, I felt like, put me through cardiac arrest this year. Uh, Whether it was overtime win against the Panthers, whether it was uh, the loss against uh, Arizona, the Lions game, the Bengals game. I can just go on and on. Other than the Seahawks game, uh, the Vikings have been right in it until the very end. And some they've won and some they've lost. So um, I, I'm expecting the same in this game. Close, hard-fought contest uh, until the very end. A um, couple things. Uh, the Vikings do lead the NFL in sacks with 21. Um, so I think that if they can get pressure to Dak, if he plays, uh, then that's going to be very, very crucial for them in winning this game. This is also going to be the Vikings first game without Patrick Peterson. He was placed on IR, uh, with a hamstring injury. So he will be at least out the next three weeks. Uh, and then, a couple other things. Trayvon Diggs is going to be making an appearance appearance in the stadium that his brother had one of the biggest moments in Vikings history and probably NFL history with the Minneapolis miracle, which I think is going to be pretty cool. And yeah, that, that matchup, you know, we already said, get your popcorn ready. Diggs and Jefferson is going to be a great matchup. Uh, I think Adam Thielen is going to absolutely torch Anthony Brown on the other side of the ball. I think that Adam Thielen is in for a very big game. And then finally, put some damn respect on my boy, Kirk cousins. He is having a great year. He's got 13 touchdowns, two picks, uh, 1700 yards, 1769 yards. Uh, and the other thing that really stood out with him is that other than the Browns game, which was just a terrible game for everybody on the Vikings, he's had a 94.6 QBR or better in every single game. So, Maybe that $90 million contract is finally starting to pay a little bit of dividends. Um, This line, I think started at like one and a half. Dallas was favored and now it's down Or Now it's flipped to the Vikings. I think are now favored by two and a half. So that shows me that I don't think Dak is going to be playing in this game. And really and truly, if you're the Cowboys, why do you play them? Why do you risk it? You've got the division pretty much, wrapped up at this point i know that you know we're only in week eight and a lot of things can happen but why put him out there why risk this injury because like you said we know what this cowboys team was when he was injured last year and they're nowhere near the same exact team so um i mean i don't hope for any player to be injured i hope that everybody can play aaron Rodgers is is a tough one for me um but i if he does play i still think he's going to be hampered by this by this uh by this injury and um I love the Vikings chances in this game. Uh, I think that they can definitely win this game and and I'm looking forward to a great game. I think that, like you said, with the wide receivers, scores, with the running backs, uh, I I love this game. I think just from an unbiased uh, perspective, I think that this game is going to be one of the best of the week and um, I'm looking forward to it.
1: No, I agree. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the week. Uh, You said the injury is going to hamper Dak. Honestly, I don't think it is like, I really think, that this Cowboys team, they paid Dak a whole ton of money, and they have been very cautious with him. They were very, very cautious with him before the season, and Dak has been. Dak was vocal before the season how he w- he felt hundred percent, but they were just taking it on baby steps. And I think
0: this is the same situation. I think Dak feels fine but I, I disagree. I think he really heard it on that final play in that new England game. And I think that they're going to be pretty cautious with this. I mean, maybe this is the Vikings fan of me speaking, but um, I, I mean, let me ask you guys this. Would you play him if he was, if he's no, if he's 50, 55%, do you play him? No, no. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of how I would be looking at it too. If I was the Cowboys coaching staff in front office is like I said, do you really want to risk everything in this one game?
1: Yeah, totally true, totally true. But you mentioned Trayvon Diggs. I just want to throw one thing out there. There Throw some love towards Trayvon Diggs' way. Uh, Can he continue the historic pace that he's on? He's had an interception in all six games this season, which is tied for the longest streak in NFL history. So if he gets a pick in this game, he will have broken the record for the longest streak in NFL football history. Um, He's had seven picks so far this year, which is the most in a full season by a Cowboys player, since 1985 all right let's dive into the spread for this game it is Minnesota minus two and a half as you mentioned Tyler uh money lines Minnesota minus 140 Dallas plus 120 so Jaden take it away man who you got
2: oh this is really tough I mean again this all depends on Dak if Dak plays I think I probably have Dallas on both if Dak doesn't play I'm probably gonna go with Minnesota on both but i like we've been saying, this is going to be a very good game to super high-powered offenses.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. All right, Tyler, who you got? Yeah, I would – I honestly, if you're betting, I would hop on this line now um, because, like we've just said, we I, I don't think Dak plays in this game. And if he doesn't play, when that news officially comes out, this line's going to boom to, like, four, four-and-a-half Vikings – Eh, maybe not four and a half, but definitely, you know, a, a point to a point and a half extra are going to be added to the Vikings. And I think even if Dak plays, I still like the Vikings. I, I think that this is a game coming off a of bye. They've had multiple weeks to prep. It seems like Dalvin is, I know finally healthy is such a an awkward term to use when talking about Dalvin. Um, But, you know, an extra week to rest, I think, can really help them help him out. And I think this defense getting back Anthony Barr uh, the week before the bye really helps out. Uh, So I think that there's going to be some holes that are going to be shored up. But, yeah, this is going to be a a great game. I think that I'm looking at like a 31-28 Vikings victory, something in that realm. So that two and a half, I think, can be crucial in this game.
1: I agree with a lot of the good points you got there. And honestly, before I came into the podcast, I was thinking Dallas, but I think you got me convinced, man. I'm going to rock with Minnesota in this one on the spread and the money line, dude. I, if you just look at it, like they've got pretty similar offenses and the defense is where the difference is. And Minnesota's defense is just better than the Cow- uh, the Dallas
0: Cowboys is. And it, so. I think, I think playing at home, Absolutely is a factor, too, on Sunday True. night, Halloween. Everybody's going to have the bellies full of candy. Everybody's going to be ready to rage in Minnesota. Uh, so I think it's going to be an awesome time at U.S. Bank, and um, I'm, I'm expecting a, a hell of a game. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm call it a homer pick. Call it whatever you want. I, I like the Vikings in this game.
1: I like the Vikings, too. I think it's a solid pick. All right, let's dive into a rapid fire of the other games that we have on the slate. Uh, first game we got Carolina at Atlanta Carolina sitting at three and four Atlanta sitting at three and three the line is Atlanta minus three. Uh, three I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Carolina in this one just I, I really think that Sam Darnold really wants to prove that he's actually good uh, yeah, after getting absolute shot on in New York um, and absolutely
2: shot on these past few weeks so yeah give me Carolina Uh, give me Atlanta on both. They're hot and the Panthers are not plus
0: Atlanta's at home. Yep, I'm going to Atlanta. Um, you're gonna have uh, the game at noon or noon Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, and then the World Series between the Astros and Braves will be later that night. So I'd imagine a lot of those fans that are probably going to the Braves World Series game are gonna be going to this game as well. Uh, so I think that Atlanta crowd is going to be hype. I think they're gonna be revved up, getting ready for this World Series game. And yeah, hot Atlanta right now. Atlanta's won, I think, back-to-back games. Uh, it, you know, albeit against the Jets and Dolphins. But um, I, I still think that this Atlanta team is, is trending in the right right direction, whereas I think Carolina without McCaffrey, these, these holes are showing right now. And I don't have the faith in Sam Darnold that I once did, you know, back in week three or four.
1: Understood. Um, one thing that it really comes down to for me is the Carolina defense. I think it's just a whole lot better than Atlanta's. So. Yeah, and I think that the but it is a good sign for Atlanta. I mean, obviously they're hot and they've got Kyle Pitts going these past few weeks. So if they can get Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley involved, they're good to go. Next game we got on the slate: Miami one and six at the Buffalo Bills four and two. The line is Buffalo minus fourteen. Uh, I'm gonna take Miami on the spread. Uh, Tua had a promising performance last week, um, but yeah, give me give me Miami on the spread, but Buffalo on the money line. Jaden.
2: Give me Buffalo on both. The last time Buffalo played Miami, they beat the crap out of them, and I think they'll beat the crap out of them again.
0: Fair. Tyler yeah i'm going buffalo um on the money line um i'm waiting to see what the weather is going to be like in buffalo because if it's rainy and nasty i'm going to take buffalo on the spread it looks like just showers right now um so i'm going to actually roll with the dolphins on the spread with the 14 i just think it's a lot of points and uh, i know the cardinals covered their spread of what 18 or whatever it was last week and i know the bucks covered their 12 point spread but the Lions covered that 16 against the Rams, so I they think did. that um, you know, with them losing as bad as they did, 35 nothing. No Tua. Now Tua is back. I'm not saying Tua is all that great, but um, I think that they can cover this 14 point spread.
1: Gotcha. Next game: San Francisco sitting at two and four at the Chicago Bears, who are sitting at three and four. Uh, San Francisco is favored minus four. Um, I'm gonna take. San Francisco but I feel really bad about it it's just it's not because the Niners are good right now it's just because Chicago
2: is really 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 bad Jaden yeah I'm, I'm the same way I just trust the coaching in San Francisco more yeah and is I just I I can't trust Justin Fields yet yeah agreed Tyler
0: uh, what a dog shit game. This game is absolutely atrocious. Both these teams are just heading in the wrong direction. Uh, the lines 4 I'll take, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take Chicago on both. I think they'll, they'll have a, a bounce back game this week. I know they got absolutely embarrassed against the bucks last week. They're home. Um, yeah. Give me, give me Chicago on, on the money line and the spread. I like it. I like it.
1: Uh, I was debating going to Chicago, but they just look so bad right now. Uh, Matt Nagy, I could see him being fired before week twelve. Next game we got on the slate: Philadelphia sitting at two and five at the Detroit Lions, who are sitting at three and four. The spread: Philadelphia minus three and a half. Uh, Give me, give me Philadelphia on the spread, but Detroit on the money line. I think they get their first win this week. Jaden,
2: I've actually got Detroit on both, even though in your notes you have Detroit at three and four.
0: Just gonna point that out anyway you anyway, might you might yeah you might, uh, might, yeah, might want to do that Over. you said they were both at three and four that's why i was like Late. no
1: everybody knows that they're oh uh, i i'm just a dummy everybody knows that on this podcast come on they're,
2: okay yeah well
0: for talk.
1: anybody who doesn't know the detroit lions are winless right
2: now. <laughs> so thanks anyway man. um but i like detroit in this game there it, it feels like they're in every single game that's why i feel bad ranking them as low as I do oftentimes but this is a big game for Philly because if they don't win this game I feel like it's time to sell they might look into selling because they've got an embarrassment of riches at tackles they got Lane Johnson Andre Dillard and Jordan Maialata definitely could look to sell to Cincinnati Bengals team who's buying in now so good stuff Tyler
0: Yeah, I got um, Detroit on the money line, Detroit on the spread. Uh, I will say I did take the Lions under four and a half wins at the beginning of the year, but I do think they finally get their first win of the year. They've been, like you said, they've been, they put their heart and soul into every freaking game. And I think this is finally the time that they get their first win. I like it. Next game, we got
1: Cincinnati Bengals sitting at five and two at the New York Jets who are sitting at one and five spread Cincinnati minus 10 and a half give me Cincinnati on both Jaden
2: well I'm going to take Cincinnati and here's why they're a better football team at literally every other position outside of maybe their second edge rusher that's pretty much it so give me Cincinnati
0: Tyler yeah not much to say about this game Mike White making his uh his first career start. Also, when the Jets brought him in, I had no idea who Mike White was. And apparently this is his fourth year in the league. Never heard of the guy. I had no idea. He took his first NFL snap. Congratulations to him and congratulations on, you know, getting his first start, but this Bengals team's too hot right now. Uh, I think they win this game by two touchdowns. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, next game, the Los Angeles Rams who are sitting at
1: six and one at the Houston Texans who are sitting in an opposite one and six spread. L.A. Rams minus 14-and-a-half. Uh, give me the Rams on
2: both the spread and the money line. Jaden? What uh, What? What did the Rams do to get the Lions and the Texans back-to-back? I just I want to know what they did to do that. Uh, give me the Rams on both. They're just killing teams.
0: Yes. Tyler? Um, if Tyrod Taylor starts in this game, I kind of like the Texans uh, at the 14-and-a-half. Oh. I but – uh, I like the Rams on the money line. Definitely. Uh, if Tyrod isn't starting and it's Davis mills again, I think with the scare that the lions gave the Rams last week, I think that they come in this week and put the pedal to the metal. And, um, I think that they win this game pretty, pretty easily. If Davis Mills starts, but if Tyrod starts, I could see the Texans, you know, losing by 10, 13 points. So, and, and maybe even 14, you know, with that half a point that, that could pay dividends. Um, but as of right now, if Tyrod's out, give me the Rams on both. I like that.
1: I would agree with you if Tyler or if Tyrod starts, I would give.
2: I didn't even know he was supposed to come back or.
0: Yeah, he's questionable this week.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But I like your thought process on Tyrod Taylor. I got to agree. Next game, we got New England Patriots who are sitting at three and four at the Los Angeles Chargers who are sitting at four and two Chargers minus four and a half. Uh, Give me the Chargers on
2: both. I think they're going to bounce back after a bad week in Baltimore. Jaden. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers as well. Uh, I just think they've got they've had a bad taste in their mouth for two weeks now, and this was a team that we looked at as Super Bowl favorites just two weeks ago. So, give the Chargers,
0: Tyler. Yeah, uh, Tyrod practiced uh, this past week, so I think he's in line to start this game, funny enough. Um, but with this game, uh, this is a nice little matchup we've got. Very underrated matchup, and I think New I England pulls this out. I think New England covers the spread. I think they take the money line. Uh, I think this can come down to a final possession, and I think Bill Belichick's going to dial up a great game plan against um, against Herbert, and uh, they've had an extra week uh, since they lost that game to the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I think that – the excuse me they they did win last week um but i I still think the patriots have have um got a recipe in play to beat the uh to beat the uh the the chargers
1: i like that this was a borderline headliner game but i decided to leave it out but i agree with you it's going to be pretty nice and i know
0: and i know mitch isn't going to be happy with me picking the patriots over the chargers but that's my prediction so take it or leave it
1: (laughs) Next game we got on the slate, the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at one and five at the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith led, who are sitting at two and five. Seattle is favored minus three and a half. And dude, this Seattle team with Geno Smith looks terrible. Geno Smith looks absolutely terrible. The worst quarterback in the league right now. So give me Jacksonville to pick up their second win of the year, Jaden.
2: I'm going to be totally honest. I was going to pick Jacksonville until you picked Jacksonville. So now I'm taking Seattle at home. Um, DK nice. Metcalf will be guarded by who cares. It's Jacksonville. I think he's going to have a great day uh, after only getting two catches last week. Granted, one of them was for a significant amount of yards. And a touchdown. you know why
1: he got those two catches though. It's because Geno Smith can't get him the ball. He can't throw it outfield. Neither can he to Tyler Lockett. It's been it's been proven Tyler, for like Tyler three or four games now.
2: We want to talk about the boomer bus guy, the water cycle, as Mitchell likes to call him. He has been awful since week two when he had like back to back 30 balls. Like he I don't think he's gotten double digit PPR yet.
0: Well, he's off two. and on with
1: Russell Wilson as the quarterback, so he's always off with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm.
0: Tyler? Yeah, um, I like Seattle to win this game. I like Seattle to cover this game. Um, They've been in both of these games against two pretty good teams in the Saints and the Steelers, uh, especially away at the Steelers. And it was Geno's first start. Um, So I think that I think Pete Carroll is going to have a completely different game plan. I don't know if you guys watched that Monday night game. All they did was run the damn ball. Every freaking play, it seemed like Alex Collins and Rashad Penny had to have like 35 carries combined. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of a different game plan. And like you said, getting the ball to DK, getting the ball to uh, to Tyler Lockett, getting the ball to Gerald Everett. I think that they're going to have a lot better game plan this time around uh, than they have in the past two weeks. So, yeah, I like Seattle to bounce back in them. I think that Seattle can win this game by double digits.
1: Fair, fair. I just that yeah, Geno Smith has looked so bad. I, yeah, I don't think that the game plan matters. It's Geno Smith talent. <laughs> so last game we got on the slate: New York Giants, who are sitting at two and five, at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are sitting at a surprising three and four. And this game is on Monday Night Football. Kansas City minus nine and a half is the spread. Uh, I, I. Give me, um, give me the it. Giants to – give me the Giants to cover but Kansas
2: City to win. Jaden? Uh, Give me Kansas City on both. If they don't win this game, it's, like, time to start talking about what, like, who needs to – who needs to be fired, who needs to be traded, who needs to be traded for. The, it's, like, official, like, panic, panic, panic mode. <laughs> the only reason I say game. the
1: Giants is because they're getting Tony back this week. Uh, Kenny Galladay is questionable but looks promising to play this week.
0: So – Galladay hasn't no. practiced at all this week. I've got him on one of my big fantasy oh, teams. Really? I, I, I don't oh, yes. I don't anticipate Galladay playing this week and um, I'm I'm going to go with the Chiefs on the money line and the Chiefs on the spread I think this is a typical oh my god the Chiefs are so bad the Chiefs no nobody believes in them their season's doomed and then boom they win this game by 25 30 points like they just absolutely blow out the Giants and and really have their playmakers on full display I was actually looking at tickets because they're like 75 bucks uh, which is not that bad for an NFL game but it is a Monday night so I probably won't go but I think this is a Oh, wait, the Chiefs are actually still pretty damn good. Like, they've had very, very terrible games here recently. Um, but I think that the Giants are coming off such a high against the uh, – after beating the Panthers at home and the Chiefs are coming off such a low, I think this is a great buy spot with the Chiefs. Even if it is 10, I, I still like the Chiefs to win this game pretty soundly. Fair. But I've been saying
1: that – we've all been saying that about the Chiefs the past two weeks, and it hasn't happened. They, For sure. I know they won't. They won against Washington, but if you watch the game, that game was a lot closer. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions. It was a lot closer than everybody thought. We were up at halftime, but we just suck, so that's why we lost.
0: Correct. I mean, but those games the last two weeks were also on the road, so they finally returned back home. Uh, the last time they were home, they lost to the Bills, um, but I think that this is going to be – like I, I think this is the game that turns their season around, at least for the time being. Got
1: gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Got you. All right. Well, the last content we have to cover for week eight is our start sits. And unfortunately, we're running a little long on time right now. So we're going to rapid fire these. Um, I'll start my start at quarterback of the week. Teddy Bridgewater He's going against the Washington football team who sucks. And Teddy's getting Jerry Judy back this week. Uh, my running back start of the week. James Robinson. Seattle sucks against the run. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. And James Robinson, if you haven't noticed, has been really good lately. So wide receiver, start of the week, Michael Pittman Jr. We talked about him earlier. He's going up up against a Tennessee defense who has allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. And he's coming off that big Sunday night football game. And Carson Wentz is balling right now. So give me Michael Pittman. And my tight end, start of the week is T.J. Hawkinson. He's going up against Philadelphia, second most fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And this Detroit team needs to get T.J. Hawkinson involved on offense to win football games. He's very good at football. Do it. Jaden, starts of the week.
2: Uh, Give me Carson Wentz. Same reason you starting Michael Pittman. The Titans defense is awful. Damien Harris against the Chargers. The Chargers mm. have notoriously been bad defending the run this so far this year. Like uh, that, Kadarius Tony is my start at receiver. The Chiefs mm. can't guard me, so duh. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts is really, really starting to come into form. He's in with you know the state of the tight end position as it is. He could very well be tight end too.
0: Tyler starts to the week. Um, I'm going to be going at quarterback, Mr. Jalen Hurts. I've trashed the Eagles enough on this podcast uh, that I'm going to give them a little bit of positive note. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts has a pretty good game. Uh, His rushing capabilities are are what gives him his fantasy numbers. Um, And I think that he's going to have a a decent game against Detroit um, that, you know, you're going to be looking at top 10, top 12 quarterback type numbers this week for Jalen Hurts. Uh, My running back start is going to be Daryl Henderson. I think that a lot of this is due to game script. I think that the Rams are going to be up in this game. um, And I think they're going to be using a lot of Daryl Henderson. A couple touchdowns is not out of the possibility with him. Um, My wide receiver, I alluded to it earlier. I think this guy is going to torch a guy that he's faced up against. And that is Mr. Adam Thielen. Call it a homer pick if you want, but him matched up against Anthony Brown is an absolute mismatch uh, for the Vikings. So I love Adam Thielen. And then finally, At tight end, Kane alluded to it. Uh, I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I don't like the way that this Philadelphia defense defends tight ends. Um, We saw Foster Moreau come in last week for uh, replacing Darren Waller and actually have a pretty solid game. And TJ Hawkinson is a lot better than Foster Moreau. So give me TJ Hawkinson as my tight end start. Good stuff. That is our starts of the week. And
1: next we're going to hop into our sits and I'll go ahead first. Rapid fire. My quarterback sit of the week is Mac Jones. He's going against the Chargers defense that allows fifth-least fantasy points to quarterbacks. And I think this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Um, I think the offense is going to feed Damian Harris just like they have been recently. And the Chargers have a bad run defense, so naturally you would give it to the guy who's going off lately. Um, My running back sit of the week. Now I wouldn't sit this guy. I would start him, but this is just me calling maybe that he might not have a great of a game. Uh, This is Alvin Kamara. He's going up against Tampa Bay defense. That is obviously great against the run. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown so far this year and at least yards per game to running backs. And I think Ingram is going to eat a lot of that pure running capability. Um, maybe not in this game, but if he does end up playing a lot in this game, I think Mark Ingram will eat up a lot of that major running ability. So you won't be getting what you've gotten out of Kamara the past three weeks, which is rushing and receiving going off. So my wide receiver sit of the week is Jalen Waddle, who plays Buffalo this week, who have been fantastic against fantasy wide receivers, at least fantasy points allowed. Um, And Jalen Waddle is playing in an offense where Devontae Parker is coming back this week, and in the four games with Parker, Jalen Waddle had less than five catches in two of those games. Um, finally, my tight end set of the week, I alluded to it earlier, is Rob Gronkowski. He's going up against a very solid New Orleans defense who have allowed the third least fantasy points to tight ends. And they've allowed zero touchdowns to tight ends so far this year. And like I said earlier, he's coming off an RRI, uh, IR stint, uh, broken ribs, and a punctured lung. Um, And he's an out-of-retirement 32-year-old tight end, so he will not be a spry chicken for this game. (laughs) So yeah, tight end sit, Rob Gronkowski, those are my sits. Jaden, go ahead.
2: Uh, I've actually got... Jalen Hurts as my sit this week. I just have a weird feeling that Detroit's going to shut him down and he's going to really struggle. And that's why I think Detroit's going to win this game in convincing fashion. Uh, my running back sit is Melvin Gordon. It just seems like more and more every week, Javante Williams is slowly gaining that job from him. Chase Claypool is my sit of the week. As much as it pains me to say it, I don't like the matchup against Cleveland this week. I think this is going to be a low scoring game where we try to run the ball a lot. And then my tight end sit, is Mr. Not-So-Spry-Chicken himself, Rob Gronkowski. Don't like the matchup
0: against the Saints. I like it. Tyler. Uh, yeah, my sit at quarterback is Justin Herbert. Uh, obviously, if you have him, you're probably going to start him, but I do not like this matchup against New England. Um, I know that Dak Prescott had a great game, um, but I just I don't think that this is a good matchup for uh, Justin Herbert going up against uh, New England and Bill Belichick. Uh, my sit at running back is Leonard Fournette. Uh, I feel like this New Orleans run defense is pretty stout, and uh, Fournette has really flourished off of touchdowns this year and I don't think he's going to be able to get uh, as much uh, from the end zone perspective uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to get very many yards as well either my sit at wide receiver we've discussed him a lot in this show and that would be Mr. Mike Evans uh, going up against Marshawn Lattimore we've talked about it Kane mentioned zero catches last three meetings I don't like this matchup whatsoever for Mike Evans and then finally at tight end Uh, I went with this guy. I went with the quarterback. uh, So let me go to tight end Jared cook. Uh, I know it's a weak position at tight end. um, But if you have to stream and start Jared cook, I would definitely look for options elsewhere. I don't like this matchup with new England. Uh, New England does not allow a lot of points to tight ends, So uh, Jared cook is my sit of the week at tight end.
1: Nice. Well, that does it for our start sits and that does it for all the content we have this week. So Um, Good luck to everybody's fantasy matchups this week. Good luck to everybody's personal teams. And I'll throw it out again. We have a jersey giveaway going on right now um, to enter. Go on to Instagram, like our jersey giveaway post, follow the pod, refer your friends, because as soon as we hit 100 followers on Instagram, we are giving away a free NFL jersey. So hop on that while you still can. And the TikTok starting to go off. We got 4,000 views on the last one, and it's only trending up. So 7,000. Good stuff. 7,000. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Also, real quick, real quick, before we do sign off, Sports Equinox is in full force. Uh, yes. NBA is in full cycle. NHL is in full cycle. World Series is going to be taking place this weekend. Atlanta is going to be bumping uh, with the World Series this weekend. Obviously, NFL is in full force. College basketball starting up here in a week and a half. It is a incredible time to be a sports fan. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope everybody else is. Uh, and with that, Kane, I'll let you uh, take it over.
1: Yeah. Enjoy the Sports Equinox this weekend in full force. And we will catch you guys next week. Catch you later. Peace.